This is Politics for the Soul. I'm Bill Hackett. And I'm Elaine Hurd. And Elaine, today we're talking about student loan debt forgiveness, and I'm sure you're going to have a lot to say. But, you know, I I read an interesting article uh, by someone in the New York Times, and she was, uh, you know, initially not thrilled with the idea that you forgive student loan debt. And she started to do some delving into it. And she said, you know, many who borrow for college don't graduate. They um, they then don't have a degree. They then have this debt to pay off. And then they face uh, defaults and claims against their credit. And they're left with these small, relatively small student loans that, in essence, then undermine their whole financial security. And she really came around because she said our whole funding system is broken. There's it an is. Un- unending is. increase in tuition prices. And she had some interesting figures. She said, you know, she stated college used to be nearly free. She cited that in the mid-1970s, the University of Massachusetts was $600 a year, and it's now $16,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So she said in back in the 70s, if you worked 375 hours, and believe it or not, minimum wage was $1.60, that would earn your 600 But now you would have to work 1,100 hours at fourteen twenty-five an hour to pay 16000 And the bottom line is you can't do what you used to do, work through school. Um, the typical person has $31,000 in loan. Um, it's just the, the, uh, there's $1.7 trillion in student loan debt. And the re the, the, one of the things that she noted is that it's borrowing from major four year universities, but then borrowing became quite a thing for community colleges and vocational schools. But one of the problems is unfortunately for community colleges and vocational schools, sometimes the dropout rates are very high. And also there have been times where people get stuck with loans that they do get vocational degrees. They do get uh, degrees from community colleges, which are very useful, but they enter the labor market at a bad time and they default on the loan. So I'm going to switch it to you in a minute here. But the, the smallest loans, final thing, have the highest default rates. So if you wipe out those small loans, I mean, you can make all the difference in people's lives. Um, they can get back on track with their credit. You know, the government's going to have a hard time collecting some of these debts anyways. So I think this is a good thing. I don't understand the banter of people. Oh, well, you know, I had to pay my loans. Well, you know, I personally took about 20 years to pay off my loans. And, you know, I had like thirty, thirty-five thousand dollars $35,000 in debt. And with interest rates, it took a long time. So I, I'm happy with this. This bill is also going to cap interest rates in the future. And you you can't go beyond like 20 years paying. So what, what are your thoughts? And why do you think people are so upset about this? Well, I'm very passionate about this issue, Bill. And there's a variety of reasons why. And in going to what our topic is, which is, you know, our politics for the soul. Let's talk about the morality of education. And I have heard people get more upset prior to the debt relief bill that was announced by uh, Joe Biden recently. And and this, I paid off mine, they can pay off theirs, which I think is just a narrow-minded and very selfish way to look at it. You hit on a couple of very key points, which is that the price of college from when I went to school and when you went to school has risen dramatically by hundreds of percent. I was watching TV the other day and they were doing comparisons 
on getting degrees like 30 years ago and now, and the, the rates were like between 250 and 550% increases. So let's go to the problem of the universities and what they are costing in order to deliver this education and whether or not that they are giving degrees out to students who can then go out and make a, a reasonable living. And that's for the, those people who do go to a four-year school. You went to law school. You were able to become a professional to get into a high-priced profession. And while it took you a long time, you have a very healthy attitude towards it. it took you a long time to pay off your bills, but you were also able to make a very good salary in order to do that. What about the students who cannot do more than community college or the vocational schools and being able to get into a profession that is reasonably priced. So there's uh, an, an entire uh, divide here, or there's a, a, a an entire spectrum of, of what college means or post high school education means in order to make a living. Now, my husband who's deceased uh, went through a, to a PhD from all the way through his schooling, from bachelor's to master's to PhD on scholarships. And he was very passionate about how every student who deserves an education should be able to get an education. And that it was also up to us to be able to provide the money. He also had a philosophy that students in school their job is to get good grades and learn their profession, and they shouldn't be working outside of uh, their schooling in order to get those degrees. And maybe they could finish them up in, in less than four years. Now, I recognize that that might be controversial to some people, but I don't think we're taking seriously the debt burden that is going on to these students post high school? And do we have an obligation to provide reasonably priced educations to them or not? Let's start with that. Yeah. And I think we absolutely do have an obligation. And I think there are different paths for different people. And I think we, we've got a number of things going on here. I agree with you on all of this, that you know the, the cost of tuition and the cost of just going on campus is so high. You know, you talk about whether it's a four-year school, but at least, you know, with a four-year degree, and this is not at all denigrating community colleges or vocational training, but typically, and it still holds true to some extent, that when you get that four-year degree, whether it's in computer science, whether it's in biology, you do come out and you find decent jobs and you are able to pay. But there is this... Uh, grouping of individuals that sometimes are taken advantage of and they're yes. sold a bill of goods to go yes. to these, you know, sort of, um, I hate to say it, but like a fake school, like a Trump university or, or a fake vocational school where they're really not learning the skills where it would be even better for those individuals just to go into an apprenticeship with a union, go into the IBEW, learn electrical, go in with the Teamsters, um, you know, and, 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 and you can become a truck driver. But I, I see a lot of times advertisements or I used to, I don't know, they're cracking down. Where, you know, they're saying, well, be a security guard and you have to go to school for six months. I mean, no offense, but come on, um, you're, you're going to charge someone tuition for six months 
and and gouge them when really there should be a training program provided by a company to be a guard or well, a training we... program to be a pipe fitter. And so I, I think that individuals are taken advantage of. But one last thought, though, is I think everyone should get an education that they want and deserve an education that they want. And I think community college is a great thing. And I do think the technical schools, you know, my high school had a great program where back in the day, we actually had a bank and people would learn banking. Now that has changed now to culinary. And well, so we, we've dropped the ball. We have dropped the ball on this in many ways because we have as a society have gotten so focused on these four-year educations and the professional degrees. And we have not invested in that middle layer, that technical uh, vocational training that can put our young people or even our middle-aged people who need to retool their careers into a decent paying career. And we need to invest in that. I feel very strongly in that. And so there needs to be more than like this debt forgiveness uh, that this bill has done. But I want to point out uh, in getting to this exact bill that um, Joe Biden uh, put forth, he didn't wipe out that more than trillion dollars in debt that our young people are carrying. This was very, very targeted and it was not very high. $10,000 in debt cancellation or $20,000 for Pell Grants makes a significant difference to those students um, who are, you know, have a debt load of let's say $50,000 or less. And it, it 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 wasn't a wipeout. I, I could see where the American people would get very upset if we just took all of this debt and wiped it out. But this was very targeted that went to the to the middle class. And they're saying, according to um, uh, the Wharton School at Penn University, is about 75 percent of the benefit of this debt forgiveness goes to households making less than $88,000 per year. It was targeted to the middle class. Yeah. And that's a great point. And, and, and that's what we have to remember. And also, you know, we do talk about politics for the soul and kindness in our heart. And it is just so amazing to me that there are individuals who just cannot be compassionate or show compassion. Well, I did this, so therefore it must be, or, Hey, I didn't, I didn't get that 10,000. So there, but, but yet, We'll wipe out a couple trillion dollars for the wealthiest, wealthiest in Texas. Oh, oh, oh okay. I have figures on go. that. I have figures on that, Bill. So under George W. Bush, there were two tax breaks for the wealthy. And according to the Congressional Research Service, if over a 10-year period, there was a revenue loss of $2.9 trillion dollars with $606 billion in debt service costs. So that was over a $3 trillion tax breaks that were targeted to the wealthy under George W. Bush. And let us not forget, the economy was in a complete meltdown and Barack Obama had to come in and clean it up. And then there was the 2017 tax cuts that Donald Trump put through for the wealthy. The cost of the 2017 was 
2017 tax cuts was $1 trillion over 10 years that benefited the wealthy. And then let's go to the PPP program during the, during the pandemic. The cost of that program, PPP, the Small Business Administration administered, was $770 billion so far in yep. order yep. to give money to business owners. A lot of those were non-paybacks. And here we have the student loan bill that Joe Biden just did. And and uh, Penn University Wharton School is estimating the cost between $469 billion and $519 billion over a 10-year budget window, which allows those people under $88,000 income, most of them, in order to get a little bit of breathing room in their budgets so that possibly they can dig themselves out of debt faster. What am I missing here? What is um, the morality well, here, Bill? Well, you know, Elaine, um, I, I think it's just so important that these billionaires be able to buy another $200 million yacht or, you know, another condo in Monaco because or diamonds, you know, from De Beers. Really important. And of course, I'm just don't believe that at all. I mean, this is the sad truth that we just keep on giving tax breaks to the wealthiest individuals who have more money than God. And we we just keep doing this at the cost of society. And I don't think you're missing anything. I, 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 I Well, I think what we're all missing is why does an average person get behind tax breaks for the wealthy when they're barely getting by? And why would they continue to vote for conservative wacko people who personally benefit from PPP loans um, and and other loans, and they don't scream about that. But yet, some poor person who's stuck with a seven thousand dollar debt and is earning minimum wage, we wipe that out, give them a fresh start. And you know, not to mention, you know, we talk about in the United States all these worshippers of Donald Trump who's declared bankruptcy eight hundred times, wiping out debt. And in this case, we're canceling debt. We're not even using a bankruptcy thing. We're saying, look, this is ridiculous. All of these individuals are saddled with debt. Let's wipe it out. Let's forgive it. And it pales in comparisons to the charity that we give to the wealthy. Oh, and, gosh. And I'm tired of it. Gosh, did I mention the Wall Street bailout when we had the economic meltdown in 08? I don't think I did. Um, I think we've made our point, Bill, and I yes. think we should wrap it up by saying we have an obligation as a society to see that our young people get educated and get careers in their lives. And that's basically all I have to say about it. And I am thrilled that Joe Biden did this. I am thrilled, too. This has been Politics for the Soul. I'm Bill Hackett. And I'm Elaine Hurd, and you have a wonderful educational week.